Hey guys, welcome back. I am Sarah, your host of What's on Your Plate podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to encourage you all to visit my website, lilulosvegan.com. And if you haven't already, sign up for the mailing list. The link is in the show notes. I promise not to overload your inbox with junk you don't want, but what I will be doing is sending you monthly newsletters, podcast updates, and keeping you informed about the next chapter in my journey, that of which is becoming a holistic mind and body practitioner. I am really excited about this. It's been a long time coming, and I'm just completely pumped to share it with you. I was so privileged to get to talk with the brilliant women who shared this space with me today. Many of us know the importance of inclusion and equal rights for women, but my guests today are actually out in the world doing something about it. My guests are the true heroines, doing the work to help manifest empowerment, confidence, and joy in the women of the future. It is my great honor to share this space with Jill Kim and Jacqueline Weber of Girls on the Run. Let's listen in. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode today. I'm here with uh, two amazing women that work to support girls and inspire them in confidence building, kindness, and decision making. They are helping influence future generations of women through a program called Girls on the Run. I'm here today with Jacqueline and Jill from the local chapter of Girls on the Run. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having us today. So we go back a little bit. We all connected uh, through running years ago when we got to run together uh, while we were training for our various endeavors and goals of road racing. So it's really cool to be able to circle back and connect with you both as you continue on that journey and helping future generations of the young women in our community. Yeah, it's good to connect back with you again. Um, uh, Running, I think is for both of us has been, and all three of us, just a big part of our lives. And um, I think the, the lessons I've learned from running are, it's, it's neat to see it being really laid out in this program. I think that's what connected me to it initially, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking more about that. But yeah, definitely running is a, is a um, thread throughout our lives, both of us. Um, so it kind of made sense that we both ended up here. Yeah, it's yeah. great. You're definitely great to reconnect with you. Um, I remember you coached me before. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's just uh, also, we have a great running community in Northwest Indiana. So everybody's very supportive and just feels like a lot of people know people and um, especially um, just with Girls on the Run and uh, other aspects of life, the running community has been very supportive of each other. And it's a, it's a great community to be part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it surely is. And um, Jill, you as the executive director of the local chapter of Girls on the Run, and Jacqueline, you are the development director of the Girls on the Run of the region. Tell us how you have really immersed yourself in 
the culture of running in our community in a way that you're not just participating, but you're bringing up women in this atmosphere. And maybe we should back up for a second. Just let's clarify what Girls on the Run is first. Yeah, so Girls on the Run, it's an after-school program for girls in third through eighth grade. Our mission is to inspire girls to be joyful, healthy, and confident. We use a curriculum that integrates running and other movement. Um, it's a national organization. So there's about 175 councils across the country. There's 11 councils in Indiana that serve girls here. So we are, um, we're the largest council in Indiana, actually. We serve the most girls. Um, and the girls meet twice a week for 10 weeks with our trained coaches. And our coaches are really trained they're more mentors than coaches. Um, they're trained to create a positive, inclusive environment for girls to really be their authentic selves, um, to make them feel comfortable in just in exp expressing their emotions, making connections with other girls and the coaches. You know, that's a real focus is how to, how to be a good friend, how to choose a good friend, um, and how to really open up to the um, important adults in your life and, and establish trust in them. Um, but throughout all those great lessons, they are moving and running or walking or rolling. And at the end of the season, all of our participants come together for a, a large celebratory 5K where they can celebrate their accomplishments and, and reach that goal that they've been working towards for 10 weeks. That's just miraculous. I love hearing that so much and that it, it is so much more than running. For sure, for sure. And, and you know, as a, as a runner, we, like I said before, you know, we, we learn those lessons as a runner, as runners, right? Goal setting, um, friendships, relationships. If we're running with other people, we see how important it is to, and what a great opportunity to, it is to, to build relationships while we're running with others. Um, and that's, it's just more intentional in this in this program. It's those same lessons that we learn as adults probably in, in our running groups, um, but it's just really intentional. I think a lot of the lessons too, because the majority of our volunteer coaches are women, uh, I would say 95%. <clears throat> so, um, but a lot of the lessons um, in our curriculum, although they're designed specifically for girls, um, they are appropriate for, for all of us. And the, mm -hmm. the coaches take a lot out of them as well. Um, even like uh, something as simple as stopping to take a breather before you respond if something, just how to manage your emotions. If something is bothering you, how do you tell a friend that what you said bothered me? And it's we use this I feel statement. So a lot of our coaches get a lot of um, confidence and learn a lot of life skills as well as the girls. Um, additionally, it really um, helps our the families as well because the the girls complete this 5K at the end of the season, and they're all encouraged to have a running buddy, so somebody to cheer them on and um, complete the 5K with them. So we give all of the families like a couch to 5K program that they can do with their daughter. So it really has inspired a lot of families also to get physically active. So um, that's really exciting to see our 5K events um, are really exciting because it's majority of those people, it's their first ever experience with a 5K. And our event is not timed. It's just a big celebration. So it's really a lot of fun and everybody completes the finish 
completes the race and um, crosses the finish line and gets a medal. So it's really, it's exciting to see everybody be inspired to um, get more physically active too. I just love all of that so much. And just everything that you've just taught me in the last like five minutes about girls on the run is so much more than I could have ever heard about or read on the website. I mean, it's so in depth for just everybody involved, it seems like. And I'm sure the programs are really influential, not just for the kids, but um, I'm sure that you learn a lot from the kids along the way too. Absolutely. First of all, we need to get you out to a 5k because um, it is I, it, that's the way to, to really experience. It's just so joyful. It's just a, a day full of celebration and happiness, a little stress on our parts, but uh, because they are big <laughs> events, but um, all in all, it's just a, such a happy experience. You really get to see a lot of um, families coming together and um, kids from all over. And it's just at the finish line is especially is such a joyful place to be, to see people reaching their goals and um, a lot of tears at the finish line. Um, and then I can't remember your, your, your question was, was <laughs> well, <laughs> well, just a comment on that though. Um, for sure. I need to attend one of the girls on the run five K's we'll because that we'll is, that was always the best part of coaching for me was seeing the accomplishments, Yeah, um, yeah seeing right. people just celebrate what they just achieved at the end of it all. And whether it's timed or not, like you still did it and it's amazing. And look what, look what you did. Um, that was always like the payment, so to speak, at the right. end of any of those types of programs that I participated in. And to see kids accomplish that, I would imagine that's a different dynamic entirely, um, teaching them to push through when they're uncomfortable or when they think they can't is an entirely different thing than trying to convince an adult of the same thing. Right, right. And I think especially Northwest Indiana, our 5K really brings the community together because we have teams from every school district from up in Hammond, East Chicago, Gary, all the way down to Lowell, um, Cedar Lake and Lake County. Um, we cover 10 counties, but um, our Highland 5K just this last uh, May brought together about four or 5,000 people from the whole community together. So I think it's really exciting to see our diverse community come together in this celebration. Um, and um, I, you know, I don't know where else that happens in our community. We have all sorts of festivals all summer long, but they're very community, you know, based. So um, it's really exciting to see that as well. Yeah, I would imagine so. And, you know, two of the words that have been used in the last few minutes are inclusion and diversity. And I would love to know more about how that's incorporated into the Girls on the Run program specifically. Yeah, so so Girls on the Run International, which is our you know umbrella organization, their um, the idea concept, so inclusion, diversity, equity, access, is a really important initiative, a really important concept that that really guides a lot of what we do. Um, so over the years, for our council specifically, um, it's always been a priority that we serve every girl regardless of income. So about 70, 75% of our girls um, receive some sort of financial um, aid. So we, do, we offer our program on a sliding scale. So we never wanna turn away a family or a girl because they can't afford the program. 
Um, we also, there's been a strong initiative to make sure that all girls, regardless of ability, are able to participate. So even though we're called Girls on the Run, the focus really is on movement and connection in those lessons. So we have girls with um, many dis with disabilities who are able to participate. I've had a lot of girls on the autism spectrum, um, girls who may need assistive devices for mobility or for um, hearing. Uh, we always make sure that those participants are able to have the same positive experience as every other girl. Um, so that's really important to us. Um, and then accessibility, we just, we really try hard to get into those communities that might not have access to a lot of programming. Our recent, the last, over the last year, our big push has been with the support of a grant um, to really open up some sites in more rural communities because um, access to programming is, is a challenge for some of our rural communities. So we are, we always try to think of creative ways to make sure that these programs, our program is available um, throughout our, our different communities. And also um, we, we have a, a philosophy with Girls on the Run that even though it's, it says girls, um, our program is really open to any child who um, identifies as a girl and just wants to be in that girl-centered space. So yeah, all in all, we're, I mean, it, being inclusive and, and just a space for everyone to be their authentic selves is really important to us. I love yeah. that. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. And what you're talking about with the way you work to seek out that inclusion and diversity of the participants is just a testament of how people really just have no idea what goes on behind the scenes of organizing something as epic as Girls on the Run and the races and the 5Ks. And even just, I would imagine the practices, just coordinating all of that is, I'm sure, just relentless, tiring work, sometimes feeling thankless, I'm sure. Yeah, I think um, what we do too is we go out and visit sites. And I think, for especially for me, who a lot of times is out there in the community trying to raise money, um, it helps me uh, ground me back to why I'm doing what I'm doing. When I go out and visit sites and I uh, participate in a lesson with the girls and hear what their emotions are and how they're connecting to the program and um, um, just running with them or walking with them in practice, it really helps reconnect to you know kind of the why we do what we do. But yeah, it is a lot. I think a lot of people don't realize um, a lot of times when we talk about girls on the run, they think it's just at their school. <laughs> and, then yeah. when I, and then when they come to the 5K, they're really blown away um, because um, as Jill mentioned, we are the biggest council in Indiana. We serve, I think, about 20, two, about 2,000 girls this year alone. So um, um, yeah, when I said we're in just about every school district, in Lake County, and then we cover 10 counties as well, and maybe further expansion past that, but um, that's another talk. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our goal is really just to serve all the girls. So um, this spring we had 1,300 girls, and then we'll have another season in the fall, and fall is usually our smaller season, so probably um, like half of that number. And, but we'll still do two 5Ks as well because our 5Ks, um, Jill didn't mention, but for that, we really want to be accessible as well, mm -hmm. which is why we have in the spring, we do one in Highland 
because we do have a lot of Lake County, we're very heavy Lake County in the spring season. And then we did one this year in Valparaiso um, to, um, for our Porter County, Laporte, and some of our more rural counties. And then we had a team in White County and we partnered with another Girls Around Council so they could um, go to a 5K in Lafayette. So um, we've also had a team um, like from Benton County that got a bus up to our 5K. So we're really trying to be um, accessible for our 5Ks for families as well. In the fall, we'll do it in Hammond and probably out in Valpo again, because Valpo seems to be um, more of a hub for people not in Lake County. Um, so it's a little bit more accessible for them. So we're always thinking about that as well. Where are our teams? Where would it make sense to host our 5Ks? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, putting the events in places where uh, the areas are well known, for right. sure. Right. I want to circle back to something that you said a few minutes ago about remembering your why. And I would love to hear from each of you why you even found yourself on this journey with Girls on the Run and how you were influenced even yourselves to become runners. I'll let Jill start because yeah. I mind piggybacks that far. I do have, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, so my background is as a social worker and I just have a vivid memory of working with, I worked in um, relative foster care. So, and I worked a lot with birth moms and I remember the young moms I worked with. I mean, they ranged from like 17, 18 to like their early twenties. I remember one young mom in particular, Jennifer, she had five kids, she was 21. And I just remember thinking, I wish I would have known her when she was younger. She just did not value herself, did not, her decisions, she didn't make decisions for herself. Things just happened to her. She didn't have ownership of what she did. And I just remember thinking, I wish I would have known her, she was young. She's got so much value and she just didn't know it. So. Fast forward, uh, I then I ended up being a mom of, of three girls and I took some time off. We ended up, we were living in Chicago. I, my youngest daughter has special needs. We moved back to the region and I opened up uh, Runner's World magazine one day and saw an article about girls on the run and was just blown away. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Um, I want to start this here. I thought I would just, it would be a little hobby um, to use my mind and use my experience as a runner and a social worker and a mom of three girls to uh, bring this program here to Highland. Is uh, my, my oldest daughter was getting in the third grade. It was the perfect time to start it. So it was just going to be a little thing I did with my girls <laughs> while they were in grade school. Um, and I just, the message was just, so powerful for me, um, the mission of like raising my girls and raising the girls in the region intentionally to be just strong, um, you know, positive, happy young people um, that just it connected me so much. And then it became my calling, I would say, and has led to what we're at now. I love that so much. Such a just opening a magazine sparking the yeah. interest and then it just completely escalated from there into something epic. Right. I mean, I think Jill undersells herself. 
<laughs> she didn't start as this was just going to be a side passion and she started with one little small team of 15 girls and it's grown and we've now served over 17,000 girls yeah. so in across 10 counties so um she's really built something amazing here um and that is really how I got involved with girls on the run as well um I was uh, training I've always been a runner and um I was um, before kids working downtown and sales and uh, then when I had my kids I was really um I took a step back and then um, stayed home and then I uh, went back into the nonprofit world and when I was uh, running training for a half marathon with Jill <laughs> and um, uh, Sarah along the way um, um, as you're running many miles, you have a lot to talk about. And I found I was working with kids with special needs. So Jill and I had a lot to talk about with that and just a lot in common. And she told me all about Girls on the Run. And I was with a, a young daughter, um, just really inspired by that. And so Jill invited me out to the 5K, just come and be a running buddy. And I said, sure. So then I became a running buddy and for a few years and then I was a uh, ran the, my first marathon which was going to be my only marathon but then I said I'll run my marathon and Jill said well why don't we all fundraise for girls on the run and so a group of us did that so um so then I did did my marathon fundraising for girls on the run and for the um uh, Chicago and then um when my daughter went into third grade I started coaching girls on the run and then um, I did that for three years. And um, shortly thereafter, a job opening came up working for Girls on Run. And I right away sent my resume. And I thought, well, that job is mine. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and uh, so I started out as a volunteer coordinator, but soon quickly thereafter became development director as um, our program just ex exploded, really, um, back in 2017. It just, it just, yeah, exploded. We needed more staff. So um, we hired another volunteer coordinator and then I became the development director. So, and I've been here ever since. So it's been a wonderful journey to take with Jill. Yeah. And I I, Jacqueline undersells herself too, because she's, um, I mean, she really, she, well, her background is in sales. So sales does segue well into development because what she's selling now is our mission and she does an incredible job of it. And she's become like just this hugely well-respected development director in the region and she's amazing at it and um keeps us going right even over COVID even during COVID <laughs> I bet I bet you guys are just like a dynamic team over there and you know it sounds like Jill for sure is the instigator of it all but in the best possible way instigators <laughs> that is my job Sarah I'm like I have an idea and then yes she does do that and I then everyone else about. like and then everyone else can do it because I'm just like to have the ideas. And then I, I'm luckily, luckily to, lucky to be surrounded by amazing women on our team that get things done. Yeah. So you've built yeah. a great, great team. team. Yeah. You know, and all teams need all those seats to be filled with the right people. So, um, the fact that you have built what you have with the people around you to serve the girls in the community is just amazing. And I love that you both just fell right into place in your roles there and are just making the most amazing waves. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely played our strengths here. 
um, we're, uh, there's six of us on the team and we're all um, semi-part-time, in between part-time and full-time, like 25 hours a week, depending on the sometimes more. Um, but we, we created that, well, when, so when I started the organization, I, um, I said my daughter has special needs. So I, I knew working full-time was gonna be a challenge. Um, so we kind of have grown the organization as our kids have grown, uh, being able to spend more time working. Um, but it's just really important to us that we have a lot of flexibility and a, um, a lot of balance in our lives. So that's been like a key to recruiting these um, these women who really were looking for that, you know, looking for that balance and being able to pursue a career they feel passionately about while um, giving the time to their families too. And we're very lucky. Yes. Amazing team of people. That in and of itself is amazing to be able to have people around you that you're, you know, you're not only supporting the girls, but you're supporting the people that are helping the girls within their own family dynamic to be able to still show up in their own lives mm -hmm. while trying to help other people. That is so rare, I'm going to say. In it is the, unique. Yes. Yes. Right. For sure. For sure. Especially in the nonprofit field. Um, a lot of in a in some nonprofits, like there's kind of the glorification of working really hard and not getting paid. Um, and that's uh something that is a concept that we just don't believe in. Like we we do work hard, but we're not gonna work um ourselves so hard that we're not enjoying our lives and not enjoying our families. Um and we also feel that fair compensation is important as well. It, you know, it's a, a field dominated by women and we feel it's, you know, just a show of respect for our work that we um, have that balance and have that compensation. Are you somehow, I know they're, they're young and they might not understand it as much, but are you in any way instilling that into the young girls that you're influencing every day in that life is about more than just clocking in and out every day. And it's about more than just the grind of doing the job. We're here to, to live more fulfilling lives. Hmm. Hmm. No, I mean, we do talk, part of the lessons is like thinking about what makes you unique and what you love to do. Um, so I hope that that lesson gets to the girls, like to to go after what they're passionate about and go after what makes them um, happy and makes, you know, what the connections with other people that make them happy. Um, so maybe we're not giving them that lesson directly, but um, I, I, I'm hoping that that's what they come away with, like being very, you know, really knowing themselves well so that they know you know, the, this is not, this is not for me, or this is for me, you know? And I think, yeah, along with knowing themselves is the confidence, um, uh -huh. mm -hmm. the confidence to be who they are and the confidence to make decisions. Uh, I mean, if they want to go and be a NASA scientist, go for it, you yeah. know? And if they want to, um, you know, whatever they want to pursue, um, that their dreams can become a reality of, um, you know, throughout those 10, throughout the 20 lessons at 10 weeks, we're really teaching them how to set a goal and how do you work towards that goal? And then finally, how do you achieve that goal? 
So I think that um, whatever that goal may be for them, just that confidence to, to understand that they are enough. Um, I'm just looking at what the, we have girls write thank you notes. And I see one on Jill's uh, desk that she has hanging out, but one that says the girl says, thank you for girls on the run. I have learned that I am enough. And, you know, you just think, wow, a third grader said that, right? Like she learned that she is enough and she, she can have that confidence. So I, yeah, I don't know if we directly say about, you know, teach them about balance, but I think hopefully that that's coming along with those lessons. We do have a lesson about balance now that I think about it. Yeah, we do. It is like, it's called balancing your star power. Um, oh, so it's I want to take better. the girls on the run course. I want to yeah. be part of that 20 lesson, <laughs> well, 20 lesson tours. Sarah. <laughs> I mean, Sarah. a team, you would love it. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Even just I bet I would. I bet I would. I mean, it sounds like you are just really empowering these girls and giving them the verbiage that they need to really articulate their thoughts and feelings in a way that I don't know that was necessarily part of our reality as kids. Right. And I always think that too, like if I had a nickel for any time, somebody said to me, wow, I wish I had this when yeah. I was a young girl. Right. Yes. Um, I really do yeah. wish you wouldn't I, have to write so many grants if you right? had a nickel for every time you heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so Sarah, going back to coaching, <laughs> <laughs> we'll follow up. I'll we'll make a note. But I think it's important to know that we provide our coaches. We have many, many returning coaches. We retain, uh, have a high retention rate of our coaches and their volunteer. We provide everything for our coaches. We, they go through a national coach training, which is partly online and partly in person. And we have become part of a pilot program recently where we have moved more of it online just to be, again, more accessible for people um, that they don't have to be in a training all day. And, you know, especially for us, when we're serving a large area. Um, so part of it is online, part of it's in person. And again, the training is not about running at all. Most majority of our coaches are not runners. They're just women or men who are want to be make a difference in the girls' lives. So they go through the training and then we do a background check. And um, then we provide everything for you. It's the curriculum is all laid out. Each lesson it tells you exactly what to say what the lesson is of the day, um, how what the routine is. We give you all of the supplies for all 20 weeks. We give you a stipend or a stipend, uh, a reimbursement card so that you can buy healthy snacks for the team or a fun swag item, whatever. Uh, that's up to the coaches, whatever they want to get. Um, but it's all um, easily there for them. And then, you know, we have a support group Facebook page and we send them emails weekly and we're really there to support them as well. And then we go out to the site and it's not to critique. It's really just to be there to support. Hey, what else do you need? Does this work for you? Do you need more lap counters? Whatever it may be. So we're really just there to support them as well. So that's why I think that we have such a great retention rate of coaches because we're really providing what they need and trying to be as much of a support as we can. Yeah, it sounds like it. And um, I'm sure you do have a high retention rate of these volunteers because when you're doing good, it feels good and you want to continue that path. Right. So yeah, no doubt that there's a lot of people interested in being part of this program that you all have built. It's amazing. Right. But we always need more. 
<laughs> Noted. Intense. <laughs> and some people say, how can I get this program to my school? And it really only takes two volunteers. It takes two volunteer coaches is a minimum. Um, and then we can, um, if you, your school, you know, agrees to the, um, to host it there, then, you know, we provide everything else. Um, we also, majority of our sites are schools, but we do also do community sites as well. Um, we do a lot of parks as well. Um, and also Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, things like that too. Yeah, this fall we're doing um, a lot more parks and alternative sites because a lot of our schools are stick just doing a spring season but we wanted to make sure the girls have an opportunity to, to get in that program in the fall. So we're heavily recruiting for coaches for our fall park sites right now. Okay. Jill, I have a question for you that I, I can remember asking you a question years ago when we were training for something together. I don't know what, a half or a full or something. Um, but I remember you talking to me about Girls on the Run and I was running alongside you and I had little to no knowledge about this nonprofit at the time. And I remember asking you, why isn't there a Boys on the Run? Mm. What do you want to uh, say to that? Again, how much time do you have? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's several reasons, but. Um, if you want to get a little deeper, um, so I do a nonprofit. <laughs> so one of the goals of a nonprofit is really to not have to exist, right? So um, if if everything was equal and and girls had as many and women had as many opportunities as as boys and men, we wouldn't need this program. But that's not true, as we especially this year are seeing. You know, women continue to be disrespected and not have as many opportunities. Um, so our, we need to keep raising up strong women to, to combat all this negativity that's happening um, can, and still happening. Um, and then at a more basic level, you know, girls and boys are, are different. Um, and the lessons were really designed. So our lessons are, you know, um, really intentionally designed for girls are evidence-based that it works for girls. Um, the, the way that girls connect with each other is different at that age. Um, the way they express their emotions is different. The challenges that girls face, um, you know, girls have a higher rate of depression and anxiety. They um, try to commit suicide more often than boys in that, you know, teenage years. The, preteen and teenage years. So they're just facing a lot, um, you know, body expectations, appearances, the, the pressures on girls are just very different. So we think it's important to have a girl-centered space where they're not with, um, not with boys, they're just with their um, female peers or female identifying peers who, um, to be their authentic selves. There should be a program for boys. There definitely should be. Boys need to learn how to um, express their emotions in a healthy way. Um, I don't have any boys, but I know that you know sometimes they are they have deep feelings too, and they're not encouraged to express those feelings in the same way that girls are. So I, we definitely need a program like that. We've talked, and Girls Around Internationals talked about it, um, 
and I hope that somebody <laughs> develops a, a great program for boys too, but that's definitely not our focus right now. I mean, I think that even since Title IX, right, you think we have come a long way, but the opportunities for girls are still less than boys, especially when you're talking about girls in low-income communities and uh, minority groups. Those girls are uh, the opportunities. They just don't have the opportunities that boys have. Um, they also, as Jill kind of mentioned, um, the access to programming for um, sports programming or um, the ability to just participate in anything is much less. Girls are dropping out of sports at double the rate the boys are by, by age 10. Yeah. A girl's self-confidence is peaking at age nine. And she's just, um, even if she is confident, she's worried about being called a uh, bossy. And a boy will overestimate his confidence and girl will underestimate hers because of that. Um, and then physical activity, the levels um, of physical activity just across the board, generally in youth, uh, especially since COVID is very low, but it's even more particularly low um, for girls than it is for boys. Um, there, we're just not, still not encouraging enough girls to be confident and to be physically active as we are for boys. So in addition to girls needing that kind of safe space, there still is just not the opportunities that there is for boys. Thank you for answering that in the way both of you did. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I love your insight on that. And you know, it's really just shocking to realize and remember that it wasn't that long ago that women were told that you know, their uteruses were going to fall right. out if they ran marathons or Catherine yep. uh, Switzer being dragged off a marathon course um, because right. she wasn't permitted to participate because she was a woman. Uh, that was very, very uh, near history, very, yep. very recent yep. history. And it's just amazing how far women and girls have come, but also it's not nearly far enough. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, just um I I told the story a couple of times, but when I was in high school at Highland, um, I ran cross country and the boys ran three miles and we ran two and a half miles. Um, and it wasn't until it was I think the two thousands that they increased that distance the, to be, you know, equitable level. Yeah. level. Um, and I remember being at my my niece ran in the state cross country meet a few years back. And I was looking at the program and realized that the girls hadn't even had a cross state cross country meet until I was a sophomore or two years before I, I started running in high school. And I just couldn't even believe it. Like what? <laughs> we didn't even have cross country until then. Um, and that was several years after title nine. Um, so, you know, I grew up in a time, Jacqueline's a bit younger than me. Um, where I was seeing, you know, the first, when I was in grade school, it was the first girls basketball team, the first cross country team, um, you know, a lot of firsts like that. And luckily for me, my um, older sister and her best friend who were athletes and they played basketball and they played volleyball. And I was able to look up to them and see, then it just, because I saw them playing, it was a natural path for me that I would be in sports. Um, but a lot of girls didn't have those role models. And 
you know, hoping that, that our girls, because they're introduced to a sport um, running, will see that being active, even if they don't compete, but being active um, is, is important for their mental health and their physical health and to make friends. It's a social, it's a social thing too. Um, yeah, but things have really, they have really changed, but not, not far enough. I mean, you see that with the women's right. soccer team, right? How long did it take the U.S. women's soccer team to get some parity in, the, in what their compensation is, even though they're way better than the men's? I was just going to, I was just thinking about that. I can't even believe you brought that up. I was just thinking of um, <laughs> Abby Wambach yeah. and yeah. her conversation about how she was entering retirement and she was sitting on a stage I think with, at the time, Kobe Bryant and another person that was also going to be entering retirement, a man, and yeah. they were, you know, just being praised for, for their abilities and what they contributed to their sports. And the two individuals on either side of her were going to be moving forward in the chapters of their lives in a way that did not require any thought given to how they would pay their bills. Yeah. and. Right. Abby had said that she was sitting there thinking about what she was going to do next in order so she could pay her mortgage. Now, this was an Olympian for our listeners that don't know who Abby Wambach is, like an Olympian, a gold medalist, a World Cup winner. Like, I believe she's been said to be like one of the most influential or best players in professional women's soccer in the world. And right. she retired with essentially no money. Right, right. And not right. knowing how she was going to obtain it. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Right. And you look at um, you know, women's women's golf is I just read an article about it, how the the even women even women's golf, they're getting you know, half of what men get in the the winners in in the um prize money. Um, and that's just increased a little bit, but it's still not um, equitable. And then you also see the way women um, runners are treated. Um, you know, we've been kind of on a binge over here reading uh, books by um, Kara Goucher and yeah. um, Tess Linden, just, um, you know, the, how inequitable their treatment has been. Has been. And, um, and it's women like Kara Goucher who took a stand and, um, and companies like was though yes. <laughs> um, who have really taken a stand for women and to be um, compensated and respected as we, you know, as, as they carry children and, um, you know, have times in their lives when they can't compete, um, which is just, you know, part of who we are. Um, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's 2023 and we're still fighting these fights. So um, hopefully these girls that we're raising up they're not going to stand for that stuff, right? That's that's our hope. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was really yeah. disturbing to, um, you mentioned Kara Goucher, to read her book and to learn the way that she was treated by the company that supported her, yeah. or right. said they supported her, rather. And right. to think that um, that is just the norm in, right. in the world of women's sports and I'm sure it happens regularly and most people just don't write books about it. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. But it's the people that do 
that bring light to the situations um, that will hopefully propel the change moving forward. It's women like yourselves that are really getting in the trenches with the future generations to hopefully help correct the situations like this. Right, right. And even if none of our girls become professional athletes, that's as long as they become confident, you know, joyful and pursue whatever passion that they can or whatever passion that they want to um, and that opportunity is there for them. Yeah, and when they go into their chosen field that they are able to say, this is my value. I need to be paid as much as the men that work here. Um, you know, I need to be treated with respect and, and, and value. That's, that's a big goal of ours is, um, because you see, you know, women of my generation, we did, we didn't ask for that. And, you know, that's why, you know, women of my generation and older and even younger, um, you know, end up earning so much less over the course of their lifetime. I mean, am I in your generation? Yeah, but you're good about <laughs> I did stand up for myself way back when yeah. and I was in a very male dominated field. Um, and I was getting paid and treated much less than my male counterparts, and I was much more successful. So I went right in and said, Hey, this is not right. Um, and I need to be treated fairly. So um, what gave me that confidence? I, I'm not sure, but uh, I think a lot of it attributes to my mom and how she raised me, but um um, I think I really want another girl to be raised up that way as well, to feel confident asking for what their worth is. For sure. And those generational strengths are definitely not to be overlooked because whatever was on fire in your mom's heart was probably also on fire in your grandmother's heart and your great grandmother's right. heart. And it just is a ripple effect into you and, and your own daughter moving forward. and it's just phenomenal to watch. And I'm so like, just smiling ear to ear, thinking about how you went in there and you're like, no, I deserve this. Yes. And ideally, I just was thinking about my own daughters, you know, my, my middle daughter, she, she works for girls in the run Chicago actually. Um, and she, she did a, a year of, um, volunteer, um, through the, uh, through AmeriCorps. Um, but then when they hired her on, they offered her a good salary. They offered her compensation that was fair and equitable and she didn't have to fight for it. So that should be really the goal is to, is to that just be a given, right. right? That everyone who's hired on is offered the same compensation and that people are, are um, compensated and rewarded for their, their merits and their tenure and not their gender. For sure. And, you know, Jill, I think that your daughter probably had a bit of an upper hand because she was raised by you, quite honestly. <laughs> and she probably walked into that room just full on knowing her worth and never questioned it. But it's the girls that aren't raised in those environments that you are all working so hard to build the confidence with to help them know that they deserve the space they take up and they deserve to be compensated for mm -hmm. the amazing work that they do and their contributions. And that I think is so critical because there unfortunately are so many places and people that will take advantage of people who won't stand up for themselves, right? That you helping these girls know how to do that is just critical. 
Right. We even have a lesson teaching girls how to um, not only stand up for themselves, but stand up for others. Um, that really talks about, you know, how do you stand up for your friend and how do you um, stand up for yourself and what does that look like? Um, within our lesson, you know, they introduced introduce the, the, the theme of it. And um, then throughout the activities, the warm up and the workout, or we call it, you know, the workout part, it's really incorporating the lesson. So they may run a lap and then come back to their coach and give an example of, of how they could stand up. What does that look like? Or you know, how did you stand up for a friend recently or something like that? And then they run another lap or walk, whatever. We just move, encourage them to move forward. So the whole lesson is really incorporating that whole theme, the idea of that, whatever it may be. I love that so much. What do you think the, what do you think is one of the biggest social issues for young girls right now in this climate? Anxiety. Um, maybe that's not a social issue, but the pressures that girls are and young women and women um, are put under. Um, it's about what what are you going to accomplish? What are you going to look like? Um, who's who's Instagram or Facebook or whatever? Look at their perfect lives and why doesn't my life look that that perfect? Um, comparison to others. And that all just leads to so much anxiety and depression. We were talking the other day about how third graders are telling us that they um, feel anxious and have anxiety. Like, I don't think we even knew that word. I didn't know, know that, that word. Eight years old. Um, and, you know, fighting, fighting that, just the, the comparisons, I think. I don't know. Yeah, they're about? always, yeah, I think. The, the anxiety and, and depression as well um, um, is really hitting girls um, hard, especially now. And, um, you know, a lot of it is social influences, of course, social media, um, but also just the outside world telling girls, this is, you know, who you are, but now take a step back and, oh, you can't do that. Or, you know, we're, we're not gonna allow you that freedom to make that decision. Um, yeah, I think I was really surprised when I went into a, a site visit this last spring and these were third grade girls and it was a lesson on turning negative self-talk into positive self-talk. So it starts off with the girls, um, they can write down on a little note card and they don't have to share it. Um, they can if they want, but they don't have to share it. Uh, just a negative self-talk that they have said to themselves or if they can't think of something, something that someone has said to them and you'll just be amazed by third graders saying, you know, I'm fat, um, I'm anxious, I'm depressed. Um, 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 just some of the things that they have said to themselves or heard other people say, or maybe um, think in their mind that somebody said. Um, um, it was quite eye-opening. I didn't have, in one way, it's good that they have those words mm -hmm. to, to identify those emotions at that age. But in another sense, it's really, um, it's shocking to hear that from third graders. Um, but through them, through the lesson, we teach them how to turn that negative self-talk into a positive. How can we turn, flip that script 
And so they practice with partners and then they practice with their coaches and then they practice with different teammates. And then um, we really, by the end, um, and then there's a, even a sign of when you hear somebody say something negative, what's a noise that we can make or a signal we can make to put a stop to it right then. And then you have to think, okay, oh, that's negative. I'm saying something negative. Like I'm going to fail this test. Oh, and you know, <laughs> whatever the girls come up with. And then you think, okay, I'm going to try my best on this test. So really teaching them kind of how to turn that around. But yeah, I, I agree with Jill that just the anxiety and the depression, the the, the social pressures right now for girls are immense. Yeah. And then, you know, so many of our girls experience, well, all the girls experience the, the trauma of, of COVID times and missing out on schooling and missing out on friendship connections, losing people to COVID fear. Um, so that's something that's definitely still pervading some of our kids. They're still recovering from that. And then, you know, every kid has some, some not every kid, but a, a lot of our kids have some traumas at home too that they're living with. And it kind of depends on the community, but, it, um, and the family. And, you know, the, one of the, um, thinking about like resilience in kids and adults um you know one of the keys to resilience for a kid is just having one person that believes in you and one person that just sees the good in you and the positive and highlights your strengths and that's what our hope also is that these mentors these coaches are one of those people in their lives that celebrate this kid for who they are and become a someone they are trusted adult in their life because um, that can make all the difference for a kiddo is having that one person who said, you are amazing. I love how you draw. You're, you're, you're so, so kind and wonderful. Um, you know, you're, you're just a, an amazing person that just can make or break a kid, you know, just having those, those mentors in their lives. So within that safe space, right. That within we, that safe space that yeah. within girls on the run. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. they learn how to to build those relationships with trusting adults too. Yeah, we talk about too in one of our lessons, just how to give a compliment that's not based on any sort of looks, right? Mm. What else can you compliment somebody on that's not based on what they're wearing mm. or what they look, you know, what they look like, you know, complimenting uh, their abilities and then also complimenting yourself, right? Yeah. So, for yeah. sure. Just the awareness you're creating and the mindfulness that you're instilling, the enoughness, like all these things that is honestly, at the end of the day, more important than the curriculum that they're learning in school in many instances. Not that they don't need to, to learn things in that regard, too, but to just create better humans so that they can go out and have better human experiences in the world is something that is just lacking in so many spaces with our youth. Um, It's crushing to me to think that and know that their negative self-talk comes from adults, essentially. Kids don't have those words on their own that, oh, I'm fat or I'm ugly or I'm not enough or I'm not good enough. That at some point in time originated from adults Um, and being able to help kids unlearn that and unprogram themselves from that negative self-talk 
is again, something I wish I had as a kid and didn't just find an adulthood. Right. Right. Hopefully it gives them a little bit of a head start in the learning the lessons that some of us took 40 years to learn. <laughs> Seriously. That's yeah. not an understatement. No, I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience too. It's like, <laughs> like, what, why did it take me so long to uh, know this about myself? I want to know if either of you as I can't even believe how fast this hour has gone. Like I could talk to you guys all day about uh, (laughs) the issues surrounding women um, and equality in sports. But as we come to the end of our conversation, I want to know what you two want to leave us thinking about. What do you want to leave our listeners thinking about today? If you could do anything to help empower women moving forward, what would it be? No, I mean, they say empowered women, empower women, right? Like lift each other up, be that person that, that sees the strengths in your friend or sees the strengths in your sister or your daughter or the person you just met at the grocery store and compliment them. You know, people like to, it feels good to be seen for who you are, um, not not appearances, right? But but it could be, you know, some people, that's their thing. They really, they put themselves together. They look great. And it's okay to point that out too, right? Because somebody put a lot of time into that. It's important to them. Um, but, you know, find the things that that's, is important to a person and, and compliment them, men and women and boys and girls. Um, but take the time to compliment and lift someone up um, I think that's, it, it can really make someone's day and you can really change, turn someone's attitude around by, by doing that. Totally yeah, agree. I think, I think you have to empower. I mean, I think as we talked about with Jill building this team, wonderful team that she has here, our staff together, um, it's really because we empower each other, right? Surround yourself with people who, um, with other women who are not threatened by you, but who are lifting you up, right? And as you lift up others, you yourself are lifted up. Yeah, um, it makes you better, makes me better. Yeah, and yeah. I think, um, you know, it goes back to even one of our girls around this is choosing good friends and it's okay to end a friendship, but you really need to um, surround yourself with other people who are lifting you up and not dragging you back down. Um, and I think we need to empower our young girls the same way, just to lift themselves up and lift mm-hmm. each other up. Um, if we can do that, then, you know, we can really uh, make a difference in the world for girls and for women. I love that so much. So much of what you both said just brings me back to a thought that I've said it before on this platform. It's not an original statement at all, but I agree with it so much. And it's just fix her crown without telling the whole world it was crooked. Yeah. That's a good good. one. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, you guys, for being here today. I've loved talking to both of you and just seeing you and just connecting with you again. And um, I hope to to continue to do so moving forward. Maybe I'll be at one of those 5K events coming up. Yeah, yeah that would be great. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you for using your amazing skills of, of talking and conversation and getting people to open up to you and and really like analyzing what people are saying and to share with the world. I, I We really appreciate you. 
Yes, thank you for reconnecting. That was, it was wonderful. And if we don't meet at the 5Ks, then maybe we can meet on the trail. Meet on the trail. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you guys. That's just a number both of us. <laughs> This is by far one of the most influential and inspiring nonprofits that I have ever encountered. Girls on the Run is helping pave the way for the girls of today and the women of tomorrow to proudly and confidently take up the space that is rightfully theirs. Jill and Jacqueline, I am just so honored to have shared this space with you and so lucky to call you both my friends. You said it perfectly when you acknowledged that running is the thread that connects us, and I'm so glad it connected me with both of you. Keep inspiring. Keep empowering. Know that you are seen and appreciated. The girls you work with are going to become better versions of themselves because you joined their thread with yours. To our listeners, all ways to connect with Girls on the Run locally in Northwest Indiana and nationally are all in the show notes. Opportunities to participate, support, mentor, and run with Girls on the Run are endless and can also be found in the show notes. The links are all right there for you to click on. Whether you're running, walking, or however you choose to move, just keep going. Until next time.